0: Yes, yes. Welcome in to the Tim McKernan Show. It's the Inside STL Podcast Network. It is questions from the audience dated April 28th, 2020. Alongside Gangster Pete, I'm your host, Timothy Michael McKernan from the TheHomeLoanExpert.com studios. It's a podcast presented by Ryan Kelly, thehomeloneexpert.com, James Carlton, the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. And also, Seth Goldcamp and Design Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com. Gangster Pete, what's the good word, yo?
1: Oh, just looking outside at a beautiful day.
0: Is it, I'm in, see, I'm in my basement, and I, I can't see a thing. Well, I mean, I can I can tell there's sunlight, but I can't see anything else.
1: Yeah, it's nice. I just want to get out there. You, you finish shave strokes? Uh, Plaza and I were talking about it. He's got, a sick, he's got a sick girlfriend, so he might have to flake oh, really? on me. So If that doesn't happen, I'll get to the park, run some laps.
0: Yeah, that's the move. Get out, I, I didn't get outside at all yesterday, and it's brutal. Yeah, it just changes your, your whole gonna, perspective it it and does, shit. When it you does. It absolutely There's something to that. Um, we always enjoy uh, recor- questions from the audience, and we ask you to send your questions anything, or opinions or stories uh, by email, tmckernan at insidestl.com. I also feel like for the people who hate me, who I think might be l- more listening to that than actually <laughs> like me listen to this, um, maybe we should create... Uh, a non-T McKernan email address so then that way they can feel like they can motherfuck me even though eventually I'll see them anyway and I don't care. I know you don't like me. I know you don't like me and that's fine. So share your questions, share your opinions, share your stories, whatever the case might be. As of right now, it's just T McKernan at InsideSTL.com. And we have plenty of questions uh, for you. Gangster Pete and I will be fielding them here on the podcast. Gangster Pete is in the 590 The Fan KFNS studios. Those are in Kirkwood. I'm in my basement. That's where my studios have been for the last month. Either way, the studios are presented to you by Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert. I just refinanced with Ryan Kelly two weeks ago. Now, here is the backstory on it. I uh, guess I'm curious if you ever run into this because it's kind of an anecdote and kind of a question all at once.
1: Um,
0: my uh, one of my uh, friends said, oh, my God, you, you got to look into refinancing right now. And I said, OK, I'll do so. Looked into it um, and uh, had some issue with a bill for it from a doctor who I didn't even recognize. Then we call and it was for like it wasn't for like thousands of dollars. Fortunately, it was like two hundred fifty dollars and it was affecting our credit score. And I know how, if anything, I think one of the things that I do is not necessarily good business per se. And then I get a bill and I pay it right away. Now, I'm, I'm sure some people are like, no, that's the right thing to do. But most companies run it like, you know, take Some I know some companies that run it 120 days, uh, much less paying immediately. But that's just how I've always been because I just want to move on from it. But uh, the, the, the overall point being, if I have a bill, I pay it. And so, the issue was, is that this thing—it wasn't holding it up. It just made my credit not as good as it should be, and then it was—it was, just, it was just BS, and there was nothing I could do about it. Have you ever had anything like that?
1: Uh, not where I got a, bu- a bullshit charge. No.
0: Yeah. I it, it's it, it. So we looked up, looked it up, and it, it's a random doctor, Anna Marie. Me, we hadn't we hadn't used this doctor. Called the number, and the the number has been disconnected. It was so strange. Hmm. But it's kind of like a bookie who's going to like break your <laughs> legs. It's like you have a choice. You either pay it or you don't. So I pay the thing. Either way, it was only going to impact things in a small manner. But uh, I talked with uh, Ryan Kelly's people, the thehomeloanexpert.com, and I realized uh, how much I was going to be saving, and my friend was exactly right. I needed to do this. We're talking 20-plus percent. Plus, whereas normally – uh, we're approaching April 30th. I make my mortgage payment. Uh, I won't be making a mortgage payment until the end of May. So don't even have the payment. Uh, plus got a couple of refunds. Um, so it's it, it, it's one of those things that I think you hear it so often. You got to refinance. You got to refinance. It almost becomes white noise. I just did it. We closed two weeks ago, and it is saving me not only a payment, but saving me 20% on my uh, payment. And um, and, it, and in addition... It was so easy. So you're like, well, I don't want to go anywhere and sign documents. I understand that. My wife and I weren't looking forward to that either. But uh, it was so easy. Ten minutes in and out, and um, and then all of the other paperwork was done online. Ryan's staff, Monty and Heather were the people we worked with. Did an incredible job. It's really worth looking into. And they gave us like four or five different options as well. It just, it, I, I'm so pleased with the experience i don't know how i would have handled it as far as doing a spot if i was like oh man that was really bad i think i would just like read copy points but in this case i'm not even looking at copy points i'm just telling you what happened and it was so good that i if anything i go man i should have done this a long time ago but uh, now interest rates are so low that that's why we capitalized the home loan dot com ryan kelly uh that's who we just refinanced with gangster pete how are things for for you this is this is our time to spread our wings and, uh, and talk it over and ideally not do it to you for two hours. I'm, I'm going to try to cap this at no more than an hour. At this moment, nothing has me real fired up. So I don't see us going into some kind of two-hour podcast. Uh, what about you?
1: I'm doing good, man. I'm kind of crushing this quarantine at the moment. So, uh, when you say
0: you're crushing this quarantine, what does that mean?
1: I mean, I, I'm playing golf a couple times a week. I'm running when I'm not playing golf. I uh, play at uh, Normandy this last uh, Saturday. I play with my dad at his club. How was uh, Normandy? It's, it's in better shape than it was before they closed. Like The uh, time off has given some areas the chance to grow grass, and it looks good. I uh,
0: love that golf course. I yeah, love the layout.
1: I do, too. That setup is awesome. If they really do put in all that money like they're talking about doing, that's going to be one of the nicest courses in the area.
0: Uh, I, I, I want to play it. I mean, I, I, I love that course. I, I really find it to be challenging. I mean, if you had it in a spot where money was going into it, um, like you're talking about the possibility, and you could, you know, I mean, because one of the issues is you don't know what your lie is going to be, and right. it's difficult. I mean, that's, that's you know, and, and I... that that. But the greens are legitimately challenging, I think. I mean, God, I don't know. I mean, I guess you have... The, the par three that Big Al allegedly uh, got a hole-in-one on 120 yards downhill, and he did so with a driver, you know, from a physics standpoint, intriguing uh, to understate it. But, I mean, as far as a stretch of holes on a public course in the St. Louis area, for my money, uh, at the very least, 10 and 11.
1: 10 and 11 are the two, two hardest holes easy.
0: I mean, just they're they're par fours— uh, and, and the fairway slopes so hard right to left, uphill, uh, and then downhill toward a creek on 10. And you have the road on the left, Now that's probably not going to come into play, but there's trees on the left. And, uh, and you do, if you can, you know, I guess, I guess the play for right-handed golfer would be to start it out real far right and then draw it in there and then be at the bottom of the hill if you have that kind of distance with just a little wedge over it. Or if you don't have that, and you can cut it into it and then take the, the left issue and being blocked out. But, I mean, it's it's a downhill shot with a cemetery behind it. <laughs> uh, not necessarily picturesque, but nonetheless, that's that's in play.
1: You're going to have a downhill lie no matter what.
0: And it's just, yeah, man. And then, and then for my money, the tee shot on 11 is so narrow yep. with the trees on the right and, you know, trees that you can get out of on the left. Uh, you can't hit, I mean, I guess you can hit a driver, but, uh, you know, it's, it's usually not a driver. It's probably a three wood or an iron. And unless you want to clear that Creek and then you're on a steep uphill lie into a green that has what three tiers and slopes so hard back to front. I mean, <laughs> no. that thing is, you know, I'm trying to think of holes in the St. Louis area and I haven't played St. Louis or Boone. Um, and I know most of our listeners on this podcast are St. Louis country club members, right? So we're speaking, you know, not necessarily to our audience, but taking those two out of play. I've played most of the quality courses in St. Louis in, in, in the last few years since I didn't play golf, um, up, you know, after I stopped playing in 2005 all the way until the middle of 2016. So they're kind of fresh in my mind. And, I mean, I guess it depends on if you're playing Belle Reeve, which we were lucky enough to do with Media Day stuff. Uh, as uh, I'm, I'm, I might stun people to hear, I'm not a member at Bell Reeve. That um, you know, it depends on what distance you're playing because that certainly impacts things. But the, the the back-to-back of 10 and 11 on Normandy has nothing to do with distance. It's they're just difficult shots, and right. I don't care if you're a bomber or not. I mean, they are legit. I guess 10 isn't necessarily 10 if you hit a, a quality drive. It's it's just a, a wedge in, but 11. Uh, but the tee shot's so important. But 11, I mean, God, your tee shot's tough, your approach shot's tough, and then once you get up near the green, even if you're on, it's by no means, I don't care where you are, it's going to be tough to two-putt it. And in, in, in a five-foot putt could suddenly become a 30-foot second putt. It is, it's brutal. And so I love playing that golf course. I, it is it is a hell of a challenge. I've never come close to breaking 80 there, I don't think. I think the best has been something like 84. So
1: I shot an 84 my last time out there.
0: Look at you, gangster. Well, I, I
1: bogeyed and doubled 10-11, and then I shot one over the rest of the way for so a tidy little 39 on the back.
0: Yeah, you can, you can pick up some strokes on that, uh, again, the hole-in-one big L had on 12, and the uh, short dog leg left uh, with the postage stamp green 13. 14 shouldn't be too tough and 15 is a very birdieable par five yeah, you just
1: gotta but. get through 11 and you can score
0: yeah, you can you can do some scoring uh th- yeah i'm picturing the golf course now 18 is gonna be difficult to do any birdieing yeah but uh you got a you got a bogey on that and you feel like you're just fine so with that all said i'm thrilled that it's back i guess the dotem will still be at gateway i don't know
1: i don't know i don't i haven't I'm been real. involved in those talks
0: yeah neither and i uh Let's see. Uh, it's supposed to be uh, um, in mid-August, I believe, is when the dotum is supposed to be. So hopefully, that will all come to fruition. Uh, Mark Hanna is a wonderful sponsor of this podcast. He's online at Evergreen Wealth Strategies, EvergreenSTL.com. You've heard Mark on this podcast. You've heard Mark on the Ryan Kelly Morning After, our radio show. And I think you get a sense for the quality of person he is. If for whatever reason you don't get that sense, I will uh, vouch for that. And then secondarily, uh, at this time of uncertainty, you want to have somebody you can lean on and ask questions and know you're going to get a response and a thoughtful response. Mark helps everyday people every day. He's online at evergreenstl.com. He is with Evergreen Wealth Strategies, and he is someone that... Without question, I know uh, I can recommend to our audience because you can lean on them and you can count on them. His number is 314 That's 314-889-0503. Or go online at evergreenstl.com. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies. All right, Gangster Pete, let's take a look at what we have in the QFTA folder. Uh, I'm going... Newest to oldest today. Uh, Tim, let me start by saying I, too, am one of the olds. I DVR NBC Nightly News every night as well. I'm starting to develop a man crush on Lester Holt. Two <laughs> questions. First, I realize your son is not old enough for school, but knowing where we are now, what is your take about sending kids to school in the fall? Would you be comfortable with that? Okay, I understand the question. Um, the tough thing about it is... is is that, um, you know, when that decision needs to be made will not be, you know, now. It would be something that would be made, I don't know, in July, I guess. Um, and so it's, it's you know, it's like, what do you think of the Cardinals in 2021? I'm not shitting on the question. I want to make that clear. I get it. I'm just, I'm just trying to say that there's a lot of information between now and then. I think, Gangster Pete, and as I said at the outset, we're recording this on April uh, 28th, 2020, um, I think that perhaps more so than any other two-week block since this began, and I will use March 10th as the beginning point, as I arbitrarily assign that. Some people will go batshit by saying it was that late, but I think a lot of people started understanding that this was serious around then. I'm sure others would want to say April 1st or March 20th or something along those lines, but Um, I feel like we are going to learn a hell of a lot over the next two weeks, and the reason I say that is because you have 12 states, as we're recording this, who are essentially opening up uh, for business or partial business, and we are going to see whether or not there is some kind of substantial impact. So I think we are going to have an unintentional experiment of sorts over the next couple of weeks. And the data collected from the next couple of weeks will certainly play a role in answering the question, uh, Adam, you asked, which is, if I did have uh, children who were school age, would I send them, would I be comfortable with them going to school in the fall? Gangster Pete, your thoughts.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd be comfortable with my kids going to school. I don't, I mean, kids basically aren't getting it. I guess the, my only question would be, can they like pass it on to like their teachers and things like that? You spread it out. I know like right. mizzou has already said that they're planning to have people back in person for the next fall semester
0: yeah i saw that
1: so uh i mean personally i don't think the kids are at great risk so that wouldn't be my worry so i would be off work getting the kids out of the house and get them in school
0: um and then the second there was a two-parter uh the second one second love the fact on qfta that pete and yourself are free to curse while having normal conversations With that being said, would Doug or the cat let loose and speak so freely if they were to ever come on the podcast for QFTA? I don't know why, but I have a hard time imagining the cat dropping a couple of fucks all (laughs) over the board. Thanks. And keep up the good work. That comes from Adam Wilburn. Adam Wilburn. Um, No, I do not believe they would. I am trying to think, Pete. Uh, I don't know if I hear Doug curse much at (laughs) all. I was just thinking that. Like, I've ne- I, I'm have sure we've, like, said this before on the podcast, and then it's like people are listening and say, hey, you've said this before, but I don't remember. Um, but I'm trying to – and I just don't picture it. If it, it happens, it's so infrequent. The cat does here and there, but it always goes back to their television jobs. I mean, that's that's right. what it goes back to. And it's – you know, it's, it's not a case um, – Anymore, you know, when I started in radio, it was the case that it was just understood that if you were starting out, as I was, you know, I had, uh, I guess, two years of experience at it KMOV when I started doing radio. I started at KMOV in March of 2000. I started at KFNS in June of 2002. That the TV job um, was the primary job, and that radio had to kind of dance with the TV job. And that was understood. The main reason for that was that everybody was making more money from television. That's not—that's definitely not the case anymore. That doesn't mean that it's not case by case, but it's like if you were starting out in radio and you were starting out in TV at this exact moment, I'm not sure which one would pay more. Again, it's job by job, case by case. But if you're starting out um, having a ballpark idea, it's, it's, if there is a difference, it isn't much of a difference. But for Doug and the Cat, in both their cases, I mean, Doug's been at his place since 87, 88. The Cat's been at his place since 99, 2000. Um, you know, and they're not going to mess with, you know, what they've built up there by getting into either topics or things that the TV place might get uncomfortable with. So that's that's the reason for it. But, I mean, when it, when it does get down to it, you know, my my views on things... Um, are certainly, obviously, different than theirs. Um, but I don't think anybody, like, I don't think anyway, and I'm saying this from a pretty high degree of certainty, and I think we could include Pete, you, and Iggy, and the Plowhawk, I don't think anybody looks at anybody, and I guess Iggy would clearly be the biggest outlier, um, and go, oh, I really disapprove of X, Y, or Z behavior, or X, Y, or Z the way somebody talks, With Doug and the Cat, when it comes to, like, sex talk or porn talk, they just get out of the way. And by get out of the way, I think it's they know that they just don't want to mess with anything with the TV job, and so we don't include them in that. I mean, if they want to be included, of course, they're welcome to. But, you know, I mean, after doing this for a number of years, you understand that. I I do find it to be just a societal self-examination as to why sex talk is – Just like we accept it as, well, you can't talk about that, but then you can talk about domestic violence, murder, take your pick of whatever, you know, dishonesty and policy, take your pick of whatever, which from my standpoint are exponentially uh, more damaging But sex talk and pornography are like, oh, my God, well, we can't have him on because he talks about porn. It's the most fucked up thing. But, I mean, I've just I've just gotten used to it. And it's, you know, when I'm talking with people from other radio stations and they're interested in hiring me or hiring the show or whatever the case might be. And, you know, it's like, well, you know, and the porn stuff. And it's like, what is, what is the impression of this show that, like, it's just like, yeah, Iggy, tell me more about what you watched on Pornhub and be as detailed as you can all right, now I'm going to tell you about a threesome I had in 2004. You know, I mean, it's it's not what goes on, you know. I mean, it's it, but, but that for whatever reason, it's the perception. It's an odd thing. I know it exists, but as far as Doug and the cat coming on the show and, and suddenly saying fuck or anything like that, I'd be shocked if that were to happen because that's not really the way they talk. I mean, I guess when the cat and I sometimes are talking uh, and the cat gets fired up, I think that that, I think it goes on, but I really don't think of it that. I don't, I don't, I don't think of it that way. I don't, I don't picture either one of them really saying the seven dirty words all that often. Yeah. Away from, away from microphones, what I'm saying as well.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the same reason that they don't, they distance themselves from some things on the radio, same reason they wouldn't come on here and start cussing.
0: No, it's just uh, it's yeah. I mean, they, they wouldn't. I mean, they just wouldn't. They just wouldn't do it. Uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, Tim, love QFTA, love Gangster Pete as well. Gangster Pete once again. Hey, thanks, pal. Appreciate it. Look at you. Um, maybe you just need to do your own QFTA. Rising star, oh,
1: rising on-air star. That'd be over in like fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. You don't <laughs> I'd read you questions. Just want to get out an- on Norman. real quick.
0: As quickly as you can. <laughs> I, uh, as much as I have enjoyed Gangster Pete's contributions here over the last couple of months, I know he doesn't have any children. Tim, you're two years into being a father. How would you say being a father has changed you? The most. Uh, hmm. It's a good question. Uh, I feel like I've been asked it in some, but I mean, it's you know, with each passing month, really, things change. I'm grateful for the ability to be a father because I feel like it's one of those things in my personal experience and I guess becoming a father at 40 um, maybe this gives a different perspective than say somebody who became a father at like 22 or 23 but in in living 40 years um, and having you know 20 years or so of a career before becoming a father um, it, it it was like this human experience that you didn't know was so great and by great i'm not talking about it being wonderful although there are certainly moments of just like the ultimate form of happiness Um, but great as in range of emotions challenge the intense love um and, and and you know I, here's here's the way I would explain it. Here's the way I, that I would explain my experience, and I because I don't like what did I what did we talk about? I it had to be either on the radio or on the podcast. I mean, where else would it be? Because I don't really do much on social media, um, and I can't recall what I was talking about. But somebody sent me an email with like a parenting tip, and I'm just like, ah, God, I fucking hate that. And I know they're not doing it <laughs> from a from a place of, you know, I know better than you. I know it's coming from a good place, but I'm just so. Careful on that, because you just don't know everybody's situation. And then sometimes, and I think this might be more in mom groups. It's like condescending, and it's, yeah. it's just gross. So you know what I'm talking yeah. about? I mean, obviously, me and you aren't in this stuff. But Anna Marie real, tell me what's going on in like mom groups, and it just sounds like this hornet's nest of awful. <laughs> But this is the way I would, I would describe it. And, it's, and it, and it's a case-by-case thing. And again, you know, our experience was different because we were told we couldn't have kids, and we did IVF twice, and it didn't work, and we really didn't think we were going to be able to have kids. So there is a place of gratitude that, that might be greater than somebody who, you know, was like, holy shit, we have a kid and we're 22, you know. It's a different spot, and so everybody's experience is different. And, th- and so that person who had a kid at 22 now has a 21-year-old if they're my age. So, you know, we're talking about a wide range of experiences, but what I would say is this, especially being as selfish as I am, what I used to worry about um, would be me passing away um, just because that's what I would, that's what was my foremost concern. You know, I don't necessarily think it's groundbreaking shit, Um, and now what I worry about is how me passing away will affect my son. That's what I care about. That's all I care about is my son. And I would imagine, you know, it's like parents would say something along the lines, "If you don't know love, until you have a child." And I'd be like, "Okay, I mean, I I get, you know, it's just one of those things." And I didn't really wanted to follow up on it. And I also, on the other side of it, now that I'm on the other side of it, I don't want to say it and harp on it and like, "Oh, Pete, you don't have a kid, you gotta have a kid, you need (laughs) to have a kid." Because maybe, maybe you don't. I mean, everybody's situation is different, so I never want to, like, say, "Hey, you gotta be like me." I mean, fuck that! What an awful thing from my standpoint what an awful thing but that's that's what i think of i think of you know how any business decision that i make can impact um, my son whether it be down the road or in the short term with, with regard to my being around to to be as good of a father as possible um, and so that's i just that's something that i think about it used to be now i'm like i kind of don't i don't want to say i don't care about passing away it's that i care about for his sake what the world is like for him whereas with me it's secondary you know and it's way secondary it's a distant second place so i would say that is something that outside of the love and how different life is on a day-to-day basis um that's something that i mean it's it's not something that's everything it really is everything I know that, uh, you know, when I'm playing golf with, uh, you know, I have a number of friends who are single and don't have kids and and they're in my age range, um, and we BS out there. I mean, what else are you going to be doing? You're just BSing. And, um, And I'm like, so what's it like dating right now when you're single? And then they'll turn the table and be like, well, what's it like when you're trapped inside your house and you have kids? You know, and most of the people we're playing with have more than one kid and and so it kind of cuts both ways. Uh gangster Pete, so I'll, I'll I'll pose that question to you. What's it like at this moment from a dating scene? I mean, are you like communicating like over, you know, FaceTime or what's 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 going on?
1: <laughs> I mean, I I haven't been dating during the quarantine. Uh but what are people doing in general? I mean, I don't know anyone that's like dating right now.
0: Yeah, but I mean like how are people commun? like if they
1: were dating like in regular times? Yeah, pre-mid-March m- or whatever. Uh, I mean, go to bars, try to meet people, get on yeah, apps. Yeah, but
0: I mean, they kind of had somebody that maybe they, like, digitally engaged in, you know, but they hadn't really gone the, 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 the whole nine yards with, but it was clearly moving in that direction. I just, I'm just i just curious how people are making – because my premise being you're not at a point where you're comfortable where you're spending the night, so you're obviously not spending the night at a person's house during this situation – if you're if you if you weren't at that point beforehand, or maybe people are just like fuck it, we're gonna do it. I don't know. I mean, how the hell would I know? I essentially see my wife and my son, and that's about it. Unless I get to the golf course, I haven't been in a grocery store, you know, in more than a month.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't I don't know anyone in that situation right now. Everybody I know is basically married or not talking to anybody at the moment. So, I don't I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't know how I I mean and I think for I and I you know it's like one of those things um uh with regard to uh with parenting you know my I I can't really speak to the school element of it that's something people are talking about like the attempt to uh you know to have their kids you know learning at home via you know online courses or Zoom classes or whatever the case might be I mean my son's 2 so we're not at that point um I would imagine. I don't know. I mean, Jameson, as I said before, my son is super high energy. But i you know, and I view it. I don't know. I, I'm like thrilled to see he's a really happy person. <laughs> so, so then, then what that does is it makes me think even more so that he's somewhat tall with blonde hair and blue eyes, and happy that we really do need to have, like, at an a XTMA Live, a paternity test, because this is just, it's just not lining up, but um, he loves being outside, and so I take him to the golf course with me, and he loves, I got them these, these things called the littlest golfer clubs, and he just loves being outside, and swinging a golf club like a hockey stick, and just loves it, and just loves riding in the cart, running around the golf course, really loves running around sand bunkers, and so I'm able to do that. But if I had, like most of my friends do at this point, kids who are 10 or older, um, and like, you know, you had a 12-year-old and a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old, God, I don't know what you would be doing. I mean, I guess at that point, they're kind of on their own. I guess they're playing video games. Man, I don't know. I mean, both of us are coming from a place of ignorance. Pete, you may have some friends who are in this spot, although I doubt you go, so what are your kids doing during quarantine? <laughs> my it's brother's
1: been- got five kids. Your brother has five kids. Yeah, all under ten. Holy
0: shit! So what does he say about that?
1: Uh, I mean, he's, they're busy, man. They uh, they built a chicken coop in their backyard. I mean, they're they're making masks for coronavirus. I mean, they're finding stuff to do every day. Like, it's a it's a big chore. God. And they're all so, great, happy-go-lucky, great kids. So they got they're lucky in that regard. But yeah, it's it's a lot.
0: Yeah. So, you know, from my standpoint, I mean, I was, Anna Marie and I have lived together for uh, more than 11 years at this point and been married for it'll be nine years here um, in a few months. Um, And for most of those nine years, obviously, or most of those 11 years uh, with only a two year old son, obviously, it was just the two of us. And with, you know, and with operating. the show and inside stl we just had a, a great amount of uh freedom to kind of pick up and go or just to do whatever can't imagine what it would have been like if i were playing golf during that time because i would have been playing just constantly um but i guess i, re- I filled it with with poker but um you know and, and just to think like if you don't have kids but you are in your 30s and you do have a significant other like just the time that you have um to, you know, I don't, and I don't know, I don't know what people are doing, but if you have a child and you have a child in our case, who's, as, you know, high energy or batshit, shit, uh, depending on what adjective you want to use, uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's never ending. And, but when we only have one and he's two, that's why I'm like, man, I mean, when you're talking about your brother with five <laughs> and then you go into, you know, even th- two or three, just, how it's it's got to be non-stop i don't know or, you say you're crushing the quarantine which That's i right. gather means you're in a you're in a good spot like you're not losing your shit over this
1: yeah I'm, i mean i'm great i'm playing golf a couple times a week usually play on saturday if i can and then my friends and i we all we're playing zoom poker like every friday and saturday night like multiple really? games so how does that work uh we have a poker star poker okay, stars okay. A yeah. club room so it's just all of our friends. We set up a Zoom, and we just play. So it's like we're all hanging out, gambling. We have a spreadsheet, keep track of all the money. Uh, and it's fun. We just talk shit to each other. No, that so it's so like the late-night games on the weekends get really crowded, because that's when a lot of guys get their kids down, and then they're so happy they're pounding booze, playing cards, You know, just so happy to be talking to someone that's not five.
0: Ah, I would imagine that is a nice change of pace. I was getting into poker initially, and now I'm kind of back off of it. But the game, it just may, and it's not because I don't want to play, it's just because if you're going to run deep in a tournament, now I know you guys are playing cash right. games, but if you're going to run deep in a tournament, uh, it's going to take seven or eight hours. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, but the, the prizes are huge. Uh for you know, I can't remember what it was on Bovada this past week and it, it something like first place paid 60 or sixty five thousand dollars in a 150 or 250 buy-in. I mean that's yeah. that's you know, I mean I guess it's not necessarily World Series of poker in Vegas caliber, but it's it's like World Series of poker circuit ish, you know, and you know, they have those stops in St. Louis, and it's certainly you know, I mean obviously it goes without saying you'd be a millionaire, that's worth it much less you know. Uh, the average person, so it's worth it. I just don't have the time. I mean, I and I maybe I can get to a point with my wife and go, okay, listen, I'll I'll do whatever I you take all the time you want leading into Sunday afternoon, like starting at around three, and I'm gonna play on a couple of these things and just see if I can run deep, because so many people are playing right now who are not necessarily at the level of what most of the people were before this started a bunch of people are getting back into it and there, you know there is a skill element to it it's not all skill certainly ace king versus pocket queens it's essentially a coin flip so you know you're you're going all in with ace king you're not doing anything wrong you're going you're calling with pocket queens you're not doing anything wrong um you know assuming that the action is standard pre-flop so you know there is of course elements of luck and hell you can get it in good 95 percent and still lose so that all being said, th- there is an element of skill to it, and um, and that's that's something that uh, I just, a handful of tournaments I played when I came back, I didn't final table, I don't think. I think I final tabled a PLO event, Potlum in Omaha, but nothing major. But I did run deep and think I made like seven or $800 in one tournament. Um, so the money is there right now. And this is Bovada, by the way, for those of you who are wondering um, what site it's on. Uh, Tim. I uh, could never post this on the fan page because I would be killed. <laughs> so uh, I'm curious if you guys have given any thought to banning political posts on the fan page as that has become <laughs> the main source of posts uh, recently. Uh, thank you, and uh, and that is John W. Uh, Gangster Pete, I'll start with you because you are... Uh, very uh, straightforward with your feeling toward the fan page. And your feeling toward the fan page isn't about the political post, correct?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't care what you post on the fan page. I don't care what anybody posts on the fan page. I'm probably not going to read it unless I'm at it or something.
0: So the political element of the posts, here, here I mean, I guess if if we want to, like, from a utopian standpoint, I suppose that would be good from you know the perspective of how it is occupying like 80 percent of the posts right now i feel like um but it this is what i would say about it is as far as executing it it would it just would be a constant headache Mm -hmm. because it's you know it's like one of those things that it might sound good it's like a talking point when you're campaigning and then you get in office like oh my god what the hell did i promise i can't execute this or i can but it's going to be a living hell it's not going to be much of a solution it's going to cause more problems um so that that's that's my initial thought secondarily i do enjoy having political philosophical discussions i really enjoy it i enjoy that Hell, like like it's like last week somebody asked and couldn't have been more sincere in the question about dylan carlson and whether or not the cardinals would have him uh on the major league roster if and when baseball starts this year and i'm just like i am so far (laughs) from thinking about dylan carlson Uh, who I interviewed face-to-face like a month and a half ago, and I couldn't even picture him right now, much less picture him on the major league roster or or if there is a minor league, minor league roster. It's just not where I am. It's not my mindset. So, you know, as I've said about TMA and certainly about QFTA in a major way, obviously, since, you know, I'm the one occupying, I guess, probably 80 to 90% of the the word space in our QFTAs, we're going to talk about that which stimulates us. Um and, you know, I think it would be disingenuous to ban politics on the fan page of a show that occasionally will talk politics as much as I'm trying to navigate it to not let the show devolve into nothing but politics um, or a podcast that um, that certainly talks about it. Not necessarily like, you know, Governor Parson said this, Governor Pritzker said this, Donald Trump said this, you know, Mike Pence said this, Gavin Newsom said this, you know, I mean, that's not what I'm looking to to turn it into, but more philosophical. And I feel like, and I, and I I do, I I guess, I don't know if I would say I'm proud of it, because that that probably wouldn't be, because it's, because it's not something like, okay, this is a challenge, I'm trying to do it. But I do get the sense that people, whether they are conservative or liberal, not across the board, because I mean, I've gotten some really fucking crazy hate mail over the last couple (laughs) of weeks, like crazier than the normal stuff. Um, that uh, for the most part, I think the audience, even if they think they disagree with me politically, uh, and I say think because I'm not sure where I am politically, so I don't know how somebody can say they disagree with me politically unless we're talking about a specific issue, but they feel like I go out of my way to when we play sound or talk about a topic that it is sourced or that it is not like, and here's what Rachel Maddow had to say about Donald Trump saying everyone should ingest Lysol, you know, or something <laughs> like that. Or here's what Sean Hannity had to say about Nancy that type of stuff. You know, it's, we don't go down that road. Um, and I have zero interest in going down that road. So, like, the Bill Maher stuff we're playing, and some people who might not have heard it go, oh my God, you're playing Bill Maher. I mean, that's, that's worse than Rachel Maddow. But the Bill Maher stuff that we're playing, um, is is either bill maher with with a take that i think would be counterintuitive to what people would think bill maher is normally saying and therefore i think it gives it more credibility and then secondarily um with some of the interviews he's done with which talking about the economic impact of um of the quarantine the shutdown that you don't just discount it out of hand you know it has to be discussed um I'd like to think that it it is it, it I know I know my intent is to put it out there and have an honest discussion about it. That's what I want. I have zero interest and I don't care if it happens to line up with what with my worldview is uh of people just like plagiarizing talking points and you know and and, and that, that's kind of I guess. Like, the political threads on the fan page, rarely do I dig into them. I mean, like, super rarely. (laughs) But, like, you, I think we've said it before, you can give a name, and if the person posts regularly, you already know what their opinion is. And to me, that's just kind of like, you know. And I'd like to think people don't necessarily know on a topic where my opinion is. On a topic where my opinion is. On a person you may know where my opinion is. Uh, But on a topic, you don't know where my opinion is because it's not going to be viewed as, oh, this is Democratic or, oh, this is Republican, and therefore I now need to dance to whatever the perceived head of the party is saying about it, which is why I think Bill Maher's new rules that we played when he was uh, saying stop joy-shaming or stop (laughs) hope-shaming, When people like scold people for saying, well, maybe, you know, this study indicates I'm not talking about, you know, it's a, it's a miracle, it's going to go away, you know, that type of thing. I'm talking about studies that that indicate, you know, that this vaccine, like we read on TMA this morning, a study uh, cited by The New York Times at Oxford about a vaccine potentially being available. In September, you know, again, that's sourced. It's a study. It's funded research. This isn't like just like let's say shit. You know, that 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 is different to me. But then there's Bill Maher, who I'm sure everybody's like, well, he's liberal and therefore he's going to shit on anything that doesn't go with the liberal. And that's not where he is. And I think that's healthy. I think that's healthy. Um, So you know, at the the centerpiece with regard to the the specific question here. do we think about banning political threads or politics in general on the fan page? I mean, I guess the answer is, yeah, in passing, I've thought about it, but I I also know it's not something that's, that can realistically be executed. It would just be, um,
1: full-time job.
0: Yeah. I mean, it really would be, and that's not fair. I mean, it's, it's, you know, and it, it, you know, I mean the, the fan page, you know, it's, it's, it's a community. I think there's a healthy percentage of the people who don't even listen to the show, which is totally cool. It's not like there's some kind of criteria. Uh, and there's a healthy percentage of the people who hate the show or hate people on the show <laughs> or root for the show's failure or love drama associated with the show or the radio station. Um, if I were to buy the radio station, we'll hope that it will fail. You know, and and so you recognize those things, and you also recognize you can't control it. But you recognize, you know, you recognize it going in, and you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, which I realize is cliche. But occasionally, in the political threads, I will see, God, and I wish I could cite one as an example, because I feel like there was one that I've read here within the last uh, 24 hours, Um, you know, where people, you know, have what I think are good give and takes, and, um, and I think that's, I think that's healthy. Um, but you know, I mean, at the same time, there are ones where it's just like, oh, you know, like, uh, like one of the talking points on there right now is, oh, you can't post anything that's good news. And I'm just like, what, where is that? Where's that coming from? Cause I feel like most of the posts are usually like optimistic, like, Hey, what about this today? Everybody... And I don't know, maybe there's a couple of people who like come in and like censor or censor or shit on people for posting. But again, sourced optimism is different than you know, did you watch the president's press conference today? And he said, it's going to go away, you know, or something like that. I mean, that's different. We're talking about studies. So, um, or backing it up with, 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 with data that is encouraging, albeit still sad. I mean, as I'm looking at the data, as I speak right now, 56,386 Americans have died. Um, I mean, there's no way to spin that positively there's there's I mean if you would have told if you would have told us shit I mean it's it's April 28th if you would have told us on February 28th that 56,386 Americans would die from something I don't think we're calling it COVID-19 at the time and it was just the coronavirus and it was kind of a you know it was there but it wasn't at the forefront of the news cycle it was there uh I think people would have been shocked by that everybody I think would have been shocked by that so the, I think the issue is, and, and I can't. Oh, uh, we were watching Bill Maher actually, my wife and I, um, on Friday or maybe we watched it on Saturday on, you know, on on the HBO app. And Anna Marie said something like, "Yeah, he's not really good at this," as in like the home show. And I'm like, "Okay, well I hope people are not really judging TMA on the home shows because we're not really good at that, <laughs> you know." But it's it's the it's the cards we've all been dealt. Like if I watch. And I don't. I don't really watch much of Fallon or Colbert. I'll occasionally watch Kimmel. I mean, it's just it's totally out of the element, and so it's not normal as far as what you're used to from those entertainers. And and then secondarily, it is a time in which, whether we're aware of it or not aware of it, that we are angst-ridden, and it could be angst-ridden about health, but that that health isn't just physical. That health is mental. That health is emotional. And so people's mindsets aren't necessarily in a place to welcome joy or laughter when they're worried about how they're going to put food on the table or if they have the coronavirus or a family member or close friend has it and what their health status is. It's not a time of joy. It is a time of anger and for many. And so uh, what, you're, what you're seeing, in, whether it be on social media, and if you want to get specific to the fan page, that's what people are talking about. So, it's like, it's like we can't win with a topic on TMA right now. Every <laughs> topic gets killed. It's like, God, I wish they wouldn't talk about the coronavirus. I'm like, we hardly talk about the fucking coronavirus. Like, I have made an intentional, you know, if we are going to talk about it, it's going to be reacting to a, you know, thought-provoking audio clip or a thought-provoking study. It won't be like here is what, you know, Don Lemon had to say on the topic last night. I'm am I'm, I'm intentionally avoiding it whereas I would say the majority of the shows in the second half of March were 80 plus percent of the coronavirus. Now that it's become politicized more so than I saw anyway in the back half of March, it's just it's 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 kind of a septic tank of a topic. Um And and that's why I'm not going down that road. But I think most topics right now, it's like, oh, Pete with the dear Deidre, fuck, you're killing. It's like, what, you know, yeah. With, with With sports-wise, what do you want to do? I mean, I read, I would go to ESPN, STL Today, looking for something, but it's like, you know, here's the latest theory on how the NHL could return. You know, here's the latest theory on how MLB could return. Otherwise, it's kind of like, places are doing where are they nows and remember this world series or this super bowl or this playoff game and all that's great and everything but you know that's or you know your list of your top cardinals or blues or whatever and that's just not you know it's not something that i think really stimulates the six people on the show so it's a unique time i'm certainly just like everybody else looking forward to whenever Uh, It is that it will come to uh, to an end and we can all be back together and we will have the backdrop of sports uh, for us. Gangster Pete, uh, your thoughts on the uh, on uh, the question about banning politics from the fan pin?
1: I enjoy discussing politics with my friends and family, people that are open minded. Uh, If I'm going to discuss politics, I don't go to any Internet platform. It just seems like banging your head against the wall because you're going to have people that are just stuck in their trench so i i mean i don't see any reason to ban it it's just if you're not into it like me just scroll on
0: yeah i just i mean i just don't i don't really want to get into that you know i mean essentially the way we've tried to operate it and it'll be four years old here in a couple of weeks um is you know if somebody's just being a dick for the sake of being a dick they're gone and it doesn't matter if it's like oh you can be a dick if you're a liberal that's not the way that it is you know and i and and listen i realize that's very subjective um you know oftentimes the way it'll go down is is somebody will dm me or email me to bring something to my attention or fan page moderator neil allen craig Paquette. like last night let me read this one this is good what happened uh yeah i have to read it because i was already on my i had already popped my pill so i was totally uh (laughs) Out of it, and was navigating some other stuff. Uh, Want me to delete the turtle post that someone reported on the page? Be forewarned, it's not for the weak stomach. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell you're talking <laughs> about. Uh, you know, I. But but you know, if you if it, if it's enough for you to text me about something, you know, God bless, do whatever you got to do. I mean, the guy, you know, does a hell of a job um, with the thing. And as much as I would love to have new people come in, it's like, but, you know, and I get it on the outside looking in, it's like, why wouldn't you let new people come in? It's because right now, you know, we it was pretty rough there for a few months, um, you know, ranging from, you know, I don't know, it's, it's people, it'll be treated <laughs> treated like as like TMZ-esque fodder. I don't think I've really been too secretive about it, but having to get the Kirkwood police involved, um which then led to another municipality's police getting involved, which which I know some people are listening to this going, okay, hold on a second, I'm not even on this thing, I'm not on Facebook, and you're telling me a Facebook page for the radio show led to police departments getting involved? And the answer is yes, and it's you know, I mean, I guess when you take a step back, it's like, it's fucking crazy, but I'm so used to that type of stuff, and it goes way, way before the, the fan page, that you know, it's like, sometimes I'll talk about this stuff. Um, uh, God, I can't wait to be able to just talk about everything whenever that time comes. And then I think maybe people have a better understanding. I don't know. I, I don't know. But, you know, something happened while I was uh, with some people a few weeks ago and I'm like, yeah, and the, you know, the, the you know, and this is what's going on this one. And they're like, no way. And I go, well, here, look, like oh my god like it did like they can't like it can't process but for for me and now pete you're seeing behind the curtain now for you know you know whatever. what, uh, what uh, 20 months or so uh, uh you know it's it's kind of commonplace like the stuff that to somebody on the outside would seem like no way they got to be exaggerating or <laughs> there's there's no justification for it and it's odd. And it, but here's the thing. I always want to drive this point home. It's not like it's like 50 people, right. which out of however many people are on the thing, 7,000 or whatever, is a small amount. It's like a couple, you know. Um, again, and there's a difference between people who just want to see the thing fail or don't like me or don't like Doug or don't like the cat or don't like Pete or don't like Iggy or don't like the Plowhawk. That's 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 something that I think every show that winds up getting some semblance of an audience has. As I always say, people have their favorites, people have the people they don't like. That's one thing. I'm talking about behavior that you go, oh shit, this is getting concerning. And it's all—it's more often than not, it's it's behind the scenes. Like people start DMing people, and then not necessarily saying I'm going to kick your ass per se, but like the DMs are like, okay, that's a little weird, you know, and they're sending me screenshots, stuff going on. And you just wouldn't—you just wouldn't. Because most people, that that wouldn't be a trait they would have in which they'd go, oh, I, this guy, you know, disagreed with my opinion, so now I'm going to DM him and call him out about it. You know, I mean, it's just not something – I remember Joe Buck saying, I think, in an interview, or maybe we got done doing an interview, and he had been ripped in the post-dispatch in the sound-off section, uh, which has been normalized now by Twitter, uh, yeah. that, that – um, you know, in the, after the 2004 World Series, that he clearly was polling for the Red Sox. And he wasn't complaining about the, the sound off letters. He just asked me, he goes, Do you know anybody who would actually write into the sound off section? <laughs> that's what he was more curious about. And that, that's the thing I'm saying. With most of the people listening to this, I'm sure, like, I wouldn't, it wouldn't even cross my mind if somebody wrote something batshit to, like, DM them, you know, to confront them about their batshit. But it goes on and then it makes people feel uncomfortable and then it's like, okay, this, you know, so it's, it's, but again, I think, I think the value of having a community and being able to interact with the community is greater than the value of just blowing it up or starting to say certain topics are not allowed, you know, so, so from my standpoint, with it happening more and more over the last five, six weeks, I guess. Uh, it's certainly crossed my mind before even reading this question, Um, but it's not something that I thought about seriously because, again, legislating it, actually executing it would be incredibly difficult. And then secondarily, how do you take your pick of uh, what topics are right? Because some can be kind of political, but, you know, not overtly. And so it's, I just don't know a real way to, to execute it. So for the time being, unless somebody's posting something that's just false or a person, you know, has a track record of just trolling but, th- but the thing is and this is another thing i think there's a perception that like i live on there and i'm scrolling through everything <laughs> and i don't and even when i'm tagged what i do if i'm tagged in a post i immediately go to it and i tie ty- or i don't type what can you click like remove notifications or, or turn off notifications for this post that's what i immediately do so it's not like i then like am reading it i just i just don't um but I also know that for some people they're they're on there quite a bit, and that's great. I mean, you know, that's that's cool. They they become friends with people and all of that, and that's and I'm not mocking it. I, I've seen this happen before. Our listenership they wind up forming friendships. I think it's a great thing. But I'm not on there all the time. Nor is our moderator. And so sometimes he's in the middle of something. I'm like, hey, do you know what's going on here? Because I got an instant, an instant message about this, and so you know. But again. I still will say it's worth it. At least as of right now, it's it continues to be worth it. It's not even close to not being worth it. Maybe that'll change. But as far as bringing new people in, a lot of them are burner accounts or people have been banned. And so they get new accounts and then they try to get back in and then try to start the shit. And from my standpoint, it's like, yeah, for the time being, this is what we have. And I know that what we have right now is not causing shit or not sitting there uh, hoping to cause shit. And, and so from my standpoint, uh, I will keep it. Uh, where it is. All right, Gangster Pete, we have gone 45-plus minutes, and I said I wasn't going to keep you an hour, and I'm not going to do it and go into another thing. It's a beautiful day. Maybe we'll do another QFTA this week, though. Yeah, let me Um, know. And because uh, and I'm enjoying QFTAs, and this is kind of my outlet, so we'll keep this one to forty seven, forty eight 48 minutes. Uh, James Carlton is a wonderful sponsor of this podcast and has been from the beginning. He's also my insurance agent. 314 961 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. Uh, James Carlton and the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency is my insurance agency. They are in Webster Groves, and I made the switch to them About a year and a half ago and couldn't be happier with the decision to do so. For real, when it comes to customer service and uh, handling your insurance, there's just nobody better. And it's just kind of open and shut. That's James Carlton, 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. Also, State Farms returning $2 billion in dividends to their policyholders, and that's unprecedented uh and much needed for many families in the area for those families that haven't been significantly impacted by this crisis and are willing to donate all or part of their dividend James Carlton State Farm is willing to match any donations up to $100 to the COVID-19 Regional Response Fund please email James at carltoninsurance.net if interested once again State Farm returning 2 billion dollars in dividends to their policyholders is unprecedented and much needed For many families in our area, for those families that haven't been significantly impacted by this crisis and are willing to donate all or part of their dividend, James Carlton State Farm is willing to match any donations up to $100 to the COVID-19 Regional Response Fund. Please email james at CarltonInsurance.net if interested. Thank you to Seth Goldcamp and Design Air Heating and Cooling, a sponsor of this podcast. I'm also a Design Air Heating and Cooling client. Online at designairservice.com. In the forecast, we have temperatures in the 80s. That means it's time to make sure that air conditioning is working. Design Air Heating and Cooling is an essential business. So if you are having issues, or if you want to make sure you're not going to have issues when you're going to be turning that air conditioning on for the first time this year, go to designairservice.com and make sure... You are doing business with the official HVAC provider of the Ryan Kelly Morning After and the Tim McKernan Show podcast, Design Air Heating and Cooling, the number one train dealer in the Midwest online at designairservice.com. Thank you to the HomeLoneExpert.com. Thank you to Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, online at evergreenstl.com. Thank you to James Carlton online at carltoninsurance.net and Design Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com. For Gangster Pete, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been another edition of Questions from the Audience on the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network.
1: Peloton, let's go! This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes.